Welcome to Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, where the boys talk about hunting, fishing and cooking. Now to your host, Lawson White. Yep. Alrighty, uh, welcome listeners, this is uh, Lawson and today I've got a special guest, Andy Sparnan from Coast Fish TV. How are you mate? I'm well, how are you? Good mate, good. Um, running a bit late, but we're, we're on task now, so um, yeah. I haven't it's... passed out yet, so you should be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, where are you from, mate? Can you can you start us off with where Andy's from? Well, uh, well, originally, um, where I started fishing, I was from Adelaide. Um, I was brought up in a place called Port Adelaide, and that's where I really learned fishing. And uh, I used to walk the break walls in my local area uh, with a, a friend of mine, and used to uh, check out all the Italian fishermen with their cane poles chasing big brim big southern black brim and uh these were monsters back then i mean you're a kid at the time so everything looked massive and that's where i first got my fascination about fishing i thought geez i've got to catch one of these things and uh i stole a uh, a fishing rod from my dad's shed and went down and had a go and caught my first fish there but it, adelaide was my original place and then uh in 1998 I decided it was time to have a change and uh, moved up to the Gold Coast and then uh, had to start fresh again and learn, I guess, a lot about all new species. Yeah, that's a, that's a big change from going from South Australia to uh, the old Queensland. Yeah, well, there was a new fish called a mangrove jack, which I'd never heard of and never seen before. But, you know, when I saw this big red fish and people were telling me how insane it was, um, I thought, well, I'll have to go out and try one of those as well. But um, I didn't use the traditional techniques that a lot of guys use. That's yeah. uh, that's another story. Yeah. So um, so you come down from from uh, South Australia. So um, what do you do on the Gold Coast, mate? What what kind of work do you do there? Well, uh, I sell cruise holidays. So uh, people uh, get on cruise ships uh, when I sell a package to them, and and they're happy. And uh, they get a they get a dose of the sea, I guess. And uh, you know my favourite place, so I'm a little bit jealous. And um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it and sounds I, like it sounds like the, the dream job for you. It's like you're on you're constantly um, thinking about water. Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'd rather be on the ship. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true. Um, that's a hard one. You'd you'd want to be just on the water all the time, especially on the Gold Coast. Oh, exactly. You know, I love the water and I live on the water in a, in a little apartment. Um, you know, I'm looking out at the water now. It's pouring with rain, but uh, I don't. I can't imagine too many fishos being out there right now, but it's still a great sight to see, especially when you get up in the morning and you get to see that every single morning down in, uh, in a beautiful runaway bay on the northern Gold Coast. Oh, you're in the good spot, old runaway bay. Yeah, I, I went to school on the Gold Coast, so... Um... I kind of know the area, but I haven't been there for, oh, I think it's 11 years now, so anyway. but So, mate, how long ha- have you been doing Coast Fish TV? Well, I it was something that I actually started out of pure boredom. Um, I, put, I actually registered the name uh, on YouTube in about 2014, so I just created a channel because I thought of this name. Um after I'd actually started a previous channel called Coast Fish Oz. So Coast Fish Oz was, it's still there. I can't get rid of it. It's embarrassing. (laughs) I hope no one goes to see it. Coast Fish Oz or Coast Fishing Oz. 
um, on YouTube um, where I basically had a, a Panasonic camera that I'd used on a, a recent holiday and it was sitting there in the box and I thought, well, I might as well take it out and bring it fishing with me. And I started capturing a, capturing a little bit of footage and I started learning how to edit and teaching myself how to edit. Uh, and then from there I thought, well, you know, can it get better than this? And uh, I thought, well, maybe I can create some kind of brand. And uh, really I got stuck into the editing and things got better and better. I mean, I started making my own logos with um, PowerPoint 2011 and... You know, it was it was ridiculous. Like some of my editing, you'd laugh at. Um, <laughs> you you, are, you obviously that. haven't seen my editing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to check it out out of curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's some pretty average stuff there. A lot of if you look at the the first stuff, it's like it's all off the phone, and it's you know you you listen to all those inspirational podcasts, and you're like you just got to make content, and then. I look at it now. It's like, well, I want quality content, so I'm only make yeah. I only try and make things if it's really good now. So, well, as long as you're not holding your phone when you're filming in portrait, that stuff kills me. Um, always, always when you're filming on your phone, hold it sideways so you actually film in landscape. Landscape is sixteen nine. It's exactly the same shape as your TV. Portrait is square. So if you film upwards, you actually get a square image, a square video image, and it creates these really ugly black bands on each side of the screen. So you put it up on YouTube, it looks terrible. Well, but you got to start just, somewhere. You, we just all solved, do. you just solved half of my problems when I first started because I was like, why is these black bands coming up? It looks horrible. Anyway, I, I, I use the big camera now. I don't, I don't, um, I don't use phones. I, I used the phone the other week just to. To do an announcement, and I, I hated looking at it because it's just my very ugly. So I always try and use the big camera for announcements and and how-to videos on, on the VSB page. So and it, it just looks more professional. That's I mean, it, you that's get better it. audio as well. Yeah. Um, but the phones are pretty good these days. I mean, you can get some absolutely brilliant audio and and video. I mean, they film in in two point seven four K as well. On, on some of these new phones so yeah. you can actually do everything with a phone these days pretty much i mean you can even plug in lapel mics which are those mics that you might see hidden up in people's um, collars and you can actually um, attach it to your phone and get professional quality sound into your phone while you're filming so there's a few little tricks you can use there's a few shortcuts these days but i mean back then it was a little bit harder that's um, that's unreal, eh? That's just to me. That's just unreal because I'm sitting there struggling with my cameras, and now people are using. You know, like the other day, I was walking through um through Brisbane, and, and this guy had a, a little. You know, I don't know what like a what are those things called when you the you stick your, your camera on a, a gimbal. He had a gimbal. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. just like, he had a gimbal for his phone. And that would have cost. Yeah, I've, I've got one sitting in my drawer. Do you want to buy it? I don't use it. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to fill my phone, so I'll, I'll give a pass. But there you go. If anyone wants to buy a gimbal or handy, let him know. <laughs> yeah, hardly used. All right, mate. So, how, how many episodes you you run? Because you've been running for what four years now. Yeah. Um. Gee, I don't know. I think. Uh... I'd have to be. It's it, not many. It's uh, it's probably about forty or something like that. Not um, many. That's heaps, yeah. mate. <laughs> when, when, when I went, you know, when I started up, I was all enthusiastic and I just pumped them out. 
um, you know, threw one out every couple of months, which, you know, guys now are doing one every week, you know, yeah. to, to keep those YouTube algorithms ticking up, um, you know, and getting their followers up, they're just, they're relentless. Yeah. I can't do it. I just don't have the time. No, it's, um, it's very hard. But, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices made with these guys. Um, you know, I can't make those sacrifices at this stage of my life, so I'm basically pumping out one. Um, th- there was actually a, a point in time where I didn't pump out an episode for a year and, yeah. and just, just let it pretty much sit there stagnant. I mean, it was still ticking over uh, followers somehow, um, <laughs> obviously from watching the old videos. So, um, well, I, 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 of... I've seen it. I've seen a couple, and it must have been a while ago. I, th- I think you're in the Brizzy River. Um must have, it was a yep. it was a dark you you were doing it at night time and you I think a young fella caught a nice thready I think it was it was a while ago yeah, I that watched was, it uh, Matt Hodgson's yeah Matt Hodgson's from uh, Brisbane Anglers yeah yeah good bloke um that was going after threadies um, yeah. but I didn't catch one that night and believe it or not I still haven't got a threadies <laughs> oh that's all right mate I've only got one as a bycatch I was I, I when I go to Brizzy River I just like aim for the juice that's all I go for um. I get excited. Yeah, yeah, I get excited. I just love Jewfish. I'm there, mate. I'm there. Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll let you know. We'll, be, we'll have two different cameras going for two different uh, YouTube channels. That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, um, do you what's your what's your setup? So, you've obviously your fishing as a as a host. How can you tell us a bit about that? Because from personal experience, it's hard. Um, very hard to try and talk to a camera. And um, fight a fish at the same time. So you can you tell the tell the, the listeners how you go about doing that, and obviously it's practice. But can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, j- just to be real about the whole thing, um, you know, there's there's no icing on the cake. I still get nervous in front of the camera. Um, I still stuff up. Um, I'm a ten take wonder, uh, and I'm talking just to get my message out. Um, I'd pretty much have to say it 10 times before I'm happy with it, you know, yeah. or, or the guy that's filming it's happy with it. Um, I, I'm not a natural host, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, some days you're on fire, some days you're not. I think the key is just being yourself yeah. um, and, and having a go. But, yeah, practice helps. Um, some people weren't meant to be hosts. Um, I don't know whether I, I was meant to be. I, I, I think you are. I, from what I've seen, you, you're pretty good. It's called editing. That's why. From yeah. What seen, it's called editing. You, you can make a really average host look really good <laughs> through so, the power of editing. Yeah. So talking about your, your practice, you're, um, you do a bit of acting on the side, don't you, mate? You do a bit of editing and acting. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, I, I started off um, acting... Uh, probably 2011, 2012, um, once again, boredom. Um, I moved from the Redlands to the Gold Coast at the time, broke up with my girlfriend. I was almost on the borderline of depression and I sat there, had, didn't have a job, nowhere to go, nothing to do and all I had was me with a camera, computer, a bed, fridge and not much else. And I just thought, you know, what do I like doing? So I thought, bugger it. Um, I might try acting. Um, so I got onto starnow.com, which is a common site where wannabe actors get up there and, you know, and professional actors as well, um, where they just put, you know, 
images down of themselves or profile shots. We call them acting profile shots, and uh, they apply for different roles. And I had a go. Um, I had, I guess, a bit of the mean look at the time, so that's the kind of image I put up. I went for it to play um, a role of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I got called back for that audition. Surprisingly, I had no idea what to do. Didn't know how to act at all. Um, didn't know the terminology. Didn't know what I was in for. I just had to learn a few lines, and I drove to Brisbane from the Gold Coast, got up there, and a couple of weeks later, they called me up and they said, you've got the job, you've got the role. Wow, that's pretty um, cool. And then I landed 11 consecutive roles wow. after that experience, which is really, really weird. Really weird. Yeah. You know, I, I, could, I couldn't get my head around it, but I thought, gee, this is fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not just about being a show pony, it's about, you know, I guess mingling with people, um, yeah, working yeah. with other people and getting out there, getting out of the house. Yeah. And that's where I thought, you know, well, I'll, um, I'll have a go and, and that led on to other things and got into a feature film with um, some, you know, big name Logie award winning actor Martin Sachs. He was from Blue Healers. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, in a film called Rise and I played um, a supporting role as a prison inmate and uh, I guess, you know, that's when I really thought, gee, life ain't bad. Um, <laughs> what, what else can I do? So were you, were you doing like, coast fishing at uh, coast to, uh, fishing at the same time, mate? I hadn't really, because uh, everything happened in acting pretty quick. Um, so that was my passion at the time. Um, but I actually showed one of the camera guys when I was on set in, in a break um, what else I was doing. Um, a little film work for my original channel, like I'm talking the crappy one, Coast Coast Fishing Oz or whatever it was, or Coast Fish Oz. Um, and he said, hey, that's cool. You know, can I come out and film it one day? And this guy's got like a pro camera and I'm just thinking, hey, yeah, hey, can you do that? <laughs> so that was, that was an actual episode that went up um, fishing with uh, Gizmo, his name was. Yeah, it was yeah. Darren... Yeah, down at uh, Oxenford Lake, down there, um, and that was all land-based, and that's the time that the guys put lapel mics on us for the first time, and took some beautiful shots, morning shots, just us casting around, Re Robbie Gizmo Steele, his name is, um, so that was sort of the first introduction to a properly produced episode. Yeah. Um, I knew how to edit at the time. I, I was t I taught myself how to edit, and I actually put it together, and you know, started looking at different tracks and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it was it was all sort of relatively new, and I was really nervous about it. But it sort of came out, I think, pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, created my logo. I was sort of satisfied with it. I tried to keep it simple. Um, it, it must have taken me months to create a logo. I think I looked through a thousand different fonts. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, being the kind of person I am, I guess, um, a little bit over the top um, and a perfectionist, which makes life really, really hard because you don't know when you're actually satisfied with something. Um, yeah. Finally decided, yeah, that's the logo. Um, I'm ready to go. Let's start a new coastfish tv channel yeah. um you know and that's what we'll call it and and bang you know um, it wasn't that long after i actually created and held that channel because once you create everything 
beforehand, you want to make sure that you, no one else finds out about the name because suddenly they started start a channel and take your name. So I just created the channel and put nothing on there. Yeah. But eventually we got something on there and uh, it got a reasonably good reaction. Everything's slow from the start. I mean, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not the Timmy Turtle or the three metre flatty guy where <laughs> you know I guess you've got this big personality or like the three metre flatty you go to absolute extremes. Yeah. You get yeah. an audience and that seems to work. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just wanted to be the I guess the laid back, be myself guy, um, and and see how things go. I guess it's gone okay. But, well, you've um, got you've got yeah. a very strong following, mate, and. Um... From everything I've seen, it, you you do a really good job, and um, I, I like your editing because you know, like you like you said, editing makes um makes the show. And um, I was just talking to a couple of the boys from BSB, and that's what we were talking about the other day. I originally I was gonna edit it, and um, I'm not the greatest editor, but you know I was willing to give it a go. But we thought with the first uh, big thing we're gonna put out, we better. We better get a professional to do it, and um, you know, get get a bit more practice under my belt before I start doing, um, you know, the big stuff. So yeah, I, I credit to everything you do, mate, because it's you, you do a very professional job. Yeah, I do appreciate that. You know, it's it's a bit of a one man band um, these days. You know, I just do it myself, and I have a mate who holds the camera. We just use GoPros now. Yep. Um, nothing fancy, but I was. I was quite lucky back then to have a production studio have a look at the work and said, look, we'll film for you. Um, well, that's pretty you know, good. One the, yeah, one of the guys was um, a Channel 9 cameraman. He shoots the Channel 9 News, so he was just bang. He was on shot every time. I didn't have to direct anyone. It was just bang. And yeah. he got beautiful shots and did such a good job. That's um, that's really cool, getting a Channel 9 uh, cameraman in there. That'd be That's awesome. Who you know, sort of thing. Yeah. One thing leads to another. So, mate, how did you, how did you, from fishing in South Australia and coming to, um, to Queensland, you you're saying you talk about the jacks and different methods. How did you find coping with, um, trying to catch the jacks and the and the brim up here and all the different kind of fish, yeah, with with Southeast Queensland. How did you deal with the with all that drama with, coming from South Australia to here? Well. I hadn't used soft plastics at the time. I hadn't used them in South Australia um, at all. Uh, in fact, but if I go back just quickly, um, there was there was a particular tackle store, and I would have been it would have been the year ninety ninety three, I reckon yeah. around ninety three ninety four. Um, well, I actually do remember there being an orange grub sitting on the wall. And literally, there must have been half a dozen of these things, and that was it. Yeah. Looking back that far, I didn't know they were soft plastics. I don't even know if they called them soft plastics back then. <laughs> I did buy it. I had no idea how to use it. I don't even think the guy that owned the shop knew how to use it. Yeah. Um, how, I caught nothing on it, how and that are, was it. Um, <laughs> how things have changed. Oh, yeah. I mean, once you get on... Um, social media everything changes because you're exposed to all these kinds of different species and and different lures and that it's it's basically just a you know just full of advertising yeah um you know it's it's full of guys catching these fish and catching them on this and that and then the marketing of lures has just gone ballistic 
over the years, especially since Facebook. Um, I don't get too caught up in that. I mean, you can basically, a lot of fishers have bragging rights because they've just got that many different lures and blah, 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 and you can spend thousands. It's just, it never ends. Um, I sort of like to keep it simple, but the transition to catching some of the species here um, was through Facebook, just seeing some of these species that were available, um, you know, meeting up with guys who had encountered things like mangrove jack and and having conversations about it. I mean, my, my first mangrove jack was on a strip of chicken. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> and I will tell you, um, for, for you, you guys that are listening, it's no joke. Um, 98% of the jacks I've caught, and I've caught a lot now, are all on chicken. Yeah? All on chicken. How'd you, um, how'd you learn that trick? It was actually a method that I'd used back in South Australia to catch brim. Okay. So, my grandfather he he taught me that, and uh, and I've never ever used it here, but I came across somebody else that was doing the same thing for mangrove jacks, and I thought, geez, um, I might have to to go back to doing that, and I did, and it ended up being successful. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. So, um, what? Oh, like Southeast Queensland got an array of fish, but. What kind of fish are you catching up there regularly? Like, I saw a picture. Oh, it would have been a couple. Well, it would have been a couple of months now. You had something really big. It looked like a barracuda in the um in the estuaries. Is am I am I dreaming or am I correct? You had a you caught something like a big old. <laughs> that that, that, that was real. <laughs> yeah, um, a good mate of mine, Ryan Green. He um. Who I, who I see now and again, um, he spoke to me about these big barracuda um, being in the local landlocked lakes. Um, and they get in. Um, there's plenty of bait there, so that's where they stay. Yeah. Um, so obviously with barracuda, and I'd, I'd caught them, you know, down south, um, you obviously need wire trace and, and liveys. So we went out there one day, had a crack at it, nothing. I was literally sitting there for hours, um, to the point where he just said, man, I'm going home. Um, so he went. <laughs> I stuck around. Um, I'd run out of water. I remember it being steaming hot, like it was almost unbearable, sitting there on the grass and over goes the rod. Um, yeah. And when I hooked this thing, um, she came out the water. It was airborne. Yeah. You know, it was a good, it was a fat metre fish. Um, it was a big fish. It was a big fish. I knew, I knew they were there. Um, yeah. And I just thought, you know, this was unreal. Just my heart was going through my chest. I mean, you, you get excited. There's, there's not much that excites you in your adult life uh, that, that it did like as a kid. But fishing is it. Yeah. Um, if you, if you can still get that buzz, keep doing it. Exactly. Um, but I got this guy in. I wanted to be really, really careful with it. Uh, um, one of the things I'm always conscious of is, you know handling these fish and, and making sure that they swim off alive doesn't always happen yeah. you can't get a hundred percent strike weight that's just life yeah and any fish that's um caught any variety of fish and has been fishing long enough will know that that's it um but we got this one back and she strapped she swam off strong so i was happy about that um got a great photo of it as well but you know there's a lot of um exciting fish in the landlocked lakes like big giant trevally um, milkfish is another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, milkfish. There's there's milkfish on the Goldie. Um, you know, back then, 
I'd seen pictures of these things caught, but they were so rare. It was almost like the barramundi yeah. of the Gold Coast. Um, but I'd heard they they go harder and they're harder to catch. So I thought, well, I'm going to try and get one of these things, and it was my second attempt. Oh. But I, I actually caught a millfish. But, you know, I was the, the video went up on YouTube. Um, I didn't tell anyone, but I was actually really hungover from the night before because it was a decision <laughs> with a friend of mine. At the last second, I said, hey, come along. I'm going to have a crack at these fish. And I was feeling absolutely doghouse. I wasn't okay. feeling good at all. So I was dehydrated. Um, I brought the, one of the lighter rods. I probably should have gone heavier. And this thing just went ballistic. It wore me down. Um, you know, you only see a small portion in the YouTube video of that milkfish to, to the time I actually spent fighting it. It was just absolutely doing me in. I had no leverage on it. It was a two to five kilo rod, and it just <laughs> felt like, you know, it felt like I was holding a bit of grass yeah. um, to, to, to basically stop this fish. It was just, when it goes, it was, it was one of the most, it's a, the most powerful fish I've ever encountered up there with a the giant herring or, you know, even hooking a marlin. These things, just pound for pound, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, fight they. So, um... What kind of tackle do you use? Like, obviously, you've got a few different setups there, mate. Um, what what kind of tackle do you use regularly for for your jacks and and so your south coast southeast uh, setup? How do you go about your setups around here? Um, whatever I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I typically you know just just having a look at my tackle now, um, I typically like to have a two to five kilo rod. Yep. Um, a one to three. Okay, so if you want to do a bit of finesse fishing, you've got your one one to three there. It's nice and light. You can throw out those little surface poppers, those tiny little surface poppers on a, a two thousand size reel and on really light braid, on six pound braid or five or four pound or whatever it might be. Um, then your two to five is always the go to. That's generally the reliable one. And I've brought in some reasonably hard good fish on two to five. <laughs> Um, so you almost can't go wrong. Then you want to step up from that and probably have a look at around your four to sevens. Yeah. So if you've got a four to seven rod there, um, you're starting to get into the jack area. Yeah, you know, that, that was my next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of um, around that four to seven is, is pretty much on the money. Um, you know, I like to use the Veritas rods as well. Um, I, I'm on a budget, so I can't go out buying all these expensive um, rods, you know, so I like to, to just get what uh, what the average punter and fisher can get. Um, then we go all the way up to um, a custom-built rod for tuna, um, throwing big poppers, um, and then right up to my game rod as well, and that's for sharks, you know, and I've managed to catch a shark just down the end of my street one night and we got two that night um and it somehow got on the news I don't really know how. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh that's yeah. handy isn't it with the old uh cameraman's just behind you <laughs> yeah yeah well it was uh, it was my mate it was actually my mate andy um uh, who i was fishing with so it was two andys and it was it was just it made for a good story yeah uh, anyway but that was, it was a good couple of bull sharks that we got there and we released them but, yeah. um, you know, like catching any decent fish, um, it almost doesn't matter what species it is, um, you know, you'll cop a bit of flack, but <laughs> that's, um, you know, you just got to 
you just got to brush all that stuff off. So if you're wanting to start your own um, Facebook page or YouTube channel or Insta- Instagram channel, um, flack comes with it. It's just uh, it's fishos. They're uh, they're a weird species. They're a weird breed. I'm one of them. I couldn't agree uh, more. Yeah, couldn't but, agree um, more. You know, I, I never knew getting into social the social media side of fishing would attract that kind of um, response from a lot of people. For me, it was really weird at first. Yeah. Um, but once you've been doing it for years, you sort of just realise it's um, you know it's it's the typical reasons you can think of, um, and you you sort of just brush it off. But um, yes, yeah, I, I don't think Facebook, I don't think social media and fishing should have ever been put together. To be honest. <laughs> We, um, if you listen to, back on a couple of my um, podcasts, we, we talk about social media and hunting and how it's changed over the last oh, five to six years. I had a, a good chat with a, a mate of mine, Jamie O'Tooley, about it. And we, the hunting, I, I feel that the hunting world's changed a lot in that aspect of now it's becoming not all the time. I think. I think you get pulled up very quickly if you do the wrong thing, but it's a lot more encouraging now. Um, you know, like there's a, a, a page with Scotty Fry's Paddock to Plate, um, one of the boys' ambassadors for, for BSB, and his, his page is unreal because you hop on there and you just say, look, I'm learning how to make sausages. Can someone help me? And the amount of people you'll see responding to it is is amazing, but... Obviously, it's not happening for the fishers. The uh, the encouragement or the, um, you know, I, I feel with especially when I go on to, I'm more on the hunting side. But when I have a look on the fishing side, I, I understand what you're saying there. It's always the, especially you see that three metery dog stuff these days and all that other rubbish. It's just like, well, it's a it's a bit different. I think because I think it's because there's so many more fishers than hunters. So. It's an interesting one, the old social media and hunting and fishing. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're going to start your own channel, um, just be aware that's the culture. It's usually it's usually basically it comes down to one thing or two things. Um, jealousy, um, insecurity, you name it. Um, it's, it's people, I want them to get into it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, they want, everyone wants to be famous. Um, I did it out of boredom. And I love creativity. That's just why I did it. You know, everyone thinks that a lot of us kind of guys have different motives, um, but we don't. I mean, some of us make a really good living out of it. Some of them, some of us, like myself, um, you know, gets residual income every month from YouTube, and um, you know, advertising other businesses on my channel. Um, so, I guess you know, what what's wrong with that? Why would I stop it? I wouldn't. No, exactly right. I think if we can change that culture on social media, I don't think it's going to happen real very quickly. Um, I think it's just, happening, but I do think it's happening, Andy. I, I, yeah, it's definitely. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I, just from my experience with the hunting, I think it'll come across to the fishing because, like, in the hunting world five years ago, if you caught a pig, you were called a poacher. Now it's like, oh, good work, mate. Well done. So I'm really, I'm especially on my site bsb we're really encouraging to you know how what kind of method did you use you know all that kind of stuff and you know especially you know how for example your your river your brisbane river experience with that that thread fin that's a great how-to video for brisbane river fishing um 
yeah, that, to me that's awesome, and I, I hope you got a lot of praise out of that and not negative because, yeah, I know, um, I, know I know, no. I do know of people who would throw their nose up saying, "Oh, why'd you do that?" But you know, at the same time, for people who like me and my my brother who we love fishing the Brisbane River because it's so close, um, we when we first moved to Brisbane, we didn't know how to how to fish the Brisbane River, and I remember watching your episode going, "Live bait it is." Um, let's do it, yeah. you know, so. Well, you know, if I can help people along the way, um, you know, that's, that's satisfying. It's good to know. Yeah, I think the, the culture is changing um, as people realise that the minority, and they are minority, they, we call them trolls. Yeah. Um, they realistically, they're, they're probably less than 1% of, of people that come across what you do. They make up an absolute minority. Um, so... I think you've just once you understand the motive. If you ever start at your own channel, um, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, or whatever, just remember: out of a hundred comments, you'll always get one. You know, maybe one out of fifty if you're unlucky. Uh, if you focus on that one, that's where things start going wrong. That starts affecting you in a negative way. But once you realise that they're just an absolute minority. And think about why you're doing what you do and knowing that you're never going to stop because of these kind of people. Um, it's even more gratifying to, to get that kind of response from that 1% because it's almost like keep going. Um, I'm just going to keep pumping them out. I'm going to keep pumping these these episodes out and uh, and I hope you enjoy and watch every single one of them and I and I hope you feel it. <laughs> yeah. I love it's that. like I almost enjoy it. It's yeah. like troll me once more, I'm gonna pump an episode out the following day. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best bit of advice because for me, mate, I, I do I started um, BSB because of oh, I don't say it very often. Um but I've started BSB for a few ra- a few reasons, but one of them was was depression. Um, so yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. With uh, you get a bad post or you get something bad, and you just want to, you know, oh, some days I just want to throw the towel in. But I, I actually got depression quite badly there for a while, and um, my my partner uh, Shannon she said to me, "Well, you need to go and do something." And um, yeah, I saw. Good advice. Yeah, I saw psychologists. I saw, you know, the yin and the yang doctors and all that crap. And um, yeah, the they all said the same thing: go do what you love doing, um, and and get out of your comfort zone. And and I'll be honest, um, as a host, as a podcaster, if we call it, um, as the how-to videos, it's all out of my comfort zone. So. Um, that's one reason why I did it was the depression and trying to, to, to grow as a person. So, and well, most, what, what you... most creatives do have some kind of depression or something like that, or they, they do anxiety. It's it's a way to get it off your chest. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not emotionally perfect, and and it's uh, this thing certainly helps me. Yeah, so it's just it's just for me. I like I, I go in and out of, of waves, and obviously I, the the guys I sponsor. Um, I think the boys kind of worked it out by now. I'll have a good period and I'll have a bad period. But I, I find I need to either get up and go do a podcast or I'll, I'll get up and go for a fish. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that BSB is kind of becoming a really good release. So hopefully I just keep keep on the good track. So 
Right, a few more questions. Doing a good thing, mate. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm there to support you. So you Thank can you. call me, mate, if you need support. And, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, there's some guys out there and some big names in the fishing industry that will, once they get to know me, they'll they'll call me. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these guys have been on TV and they'll they'll give me a call or message me and we'll have a chat and they're going through the same thing, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, you know, it's, it's a big they, pressure. They know my door's always open. No, oh, that's that's really good, you mate, and um, I appreciate it. So, um, next question: How do you go? How do you go about doing it all? So you you said before you did GoPros um, back in the day. You're using cameraman. So how do you go about lighting? Um, you know all the the mics, the all the stuff that's so important to filming and the the viewer. Um, just doesn't see it. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because that's your, from 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 looking at my perspective, that's your speciality. Uh, your editing, your 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 cameras, your lights, your how you do things. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, I've got um, a good mate of mine, Sean O'Neill from GC uh, GC Drones on uh, Facebook. Now he's basically um, he's got a lot of time on his hands, so he basically said to me, look. I'm, I'm there. If you need a guy holding a camera, I'm there. So he's he's there filming my episodes. Um, if not, um, you know, when I do, like, introductions or outros to my episodes, I basically throw, go down the street, throw the camera on a, a tripod, film myself, the 10-take wonder, <laughs> until I'm happy with it, and then I go home, throw it on the computer, cut it together. Um, the mics... Is just the mics I use on a GoPro seven and a GoPro eight. So I've got a seven and an eight. Yep. Um, that's what I use now. Um, the lighting. Uh, I had a good mate of mine make up um, some lighting. So it's really strong lights. If we ever need to film at night, um, he did a fantastic job of that. I saw. I um, saw your. Uh, I saw that a couple a week or two a week couple of weeks ago now. Um, that post on how your mate made up like a. There's a couple of LED lights and then the GoPro in the middle. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he, yeah, he did a really good job and you know threw that together for me. So um, I can use that if we're filming in the dark. I mean, I've done it a couple of times chasing a particular fish that we can't catch in it. Um, so I can't tell you about that because if we do, that's <laughs> a, uh, another episode up and it's sponsored by Dogbirds Tackle World as well. So oh, good. I'm, un- I'm under the pump. You know, when, you, when you promise someone the good you've got to deliver so we we haven't stopped trying to trying to catch this fish of a lifetime oh, that's at awesome. night um but that's that's the basic equipment i use it's it's uh, i use a hundred and i think it's 128 gig cards 128 um, yep yep yeah so i've got four of them so basically um two per camera so i make sure i insert each one in there and then if i happen to get near the end um which has never happened yet because 128 gig it's a lot of room even <laughs> it's a lot of room even feel the i film in 2.7k um i could do it in 1080p um but i i'm going 2.7 um that means i can just crop in a little bit and we don't lose the, the dynamic of the picture i was about to ask what why do you do that but you just answered the question so yeah, right. yeah, it just means you can, you can crop in um, if you need to, um, but really 1080 is fine. I mean, you'll get you'll get a good four hours plus four and a half. Um, uh, I, I think even with 2.7, I'm getting about four hours, so it's going to be a lot more with um, 1080. 
battery life. Um, I, it is a little bit of a struggle, but I've got spare batteries um, for each camera, so I've got four batteries. Um, they'll last me about an hour and a half, I think around around about that time. So I can get I can get about three hours per camera. Um, okay. But sound is sounds obviously one of the biggest things. If you don't get your sound right, you can really stuff things up, especially in a, a windy day. But I actually found these foam covers, um, which I just ordered on Amazon, um, which you can actually put over the top of your GoPro. And they're black yeah. foam covers. Um, they weren't much. So oh, yeah, bucks. I've seen them. Yeah, I, I ordered them, and now I can take it out in the wind, and it's perfect. Like, it, it, it passes the test with flying colours. Wow, okay, I can have to order them, because I've, I've got three GoPro 7s, and um, I had... I had a one day there where it was quite windy and it, I did pick up a fair bit of wind static, so you've just solved my problem. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's all right, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I, look, I, I wish um, I stuck with the sevens because um, I noticed my eights, believe it or not, overheating, um, but I think there was a few problems with that. Um, I sort of looked it up and a lot of eights are overheating, so I think if you're on the sevens, you're on a winner. Yeah, I've, I've had no dramas really with the sevens. Um, I've, I've, it's, it's quite embarrassing. I've got a Sony A7 and I've got three GoPro, um, sevens and I've got a shot there where we're following a pig on the back of a ute and the GoPro seven is so clear and amazingly stable where the A7 is just horrible. Like you'll get seasick looking at it. Um, it's, it's just, it's really well done to GoPro because it's really cool. Um, oh, their stabilizers are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So I... getting getting all your settings right um, is really important when you're filming as well. So that's another thing. You know, I've done a lot of research on actually getting your camera settings right. Um, you know, so you can actually get your GoPro app and you can adjust through your Bluetooth from your phone yeah. all the settings. Yeah. Um, which which is important to get right from the start. I mean. You've got things like sharpening. The GoPro really, on on its normal sharpening, um, can over-sharpen your picture. Yep. So you're actually best off dropping it back in the defaults. Um, you know, little technical things like that. Yeah. It, it sort of over-sharpens it. Um, so you can do that in post-edit yourself if you need to sharpen it. So there's little things that you need to know, even in the default settings, which are which really need to be looked at and adjusted. So if you really want to get that perfect shot, um, make sure that you, you work those different adjustments. So um, if I was to, just for example, if I was just about to start a channel, um, you know, and I, I'm listening to this podcast, uh, for your experience, what would be the things that I need to purchase to start a, a YouTube channel, um, you know, like for fishing or hunting or whatever, that makes them happy. Well, grab yourself a camera, okay? So you're looking at that, you know, for a GoPro. I think, I don't know if you can get the sevens now, um, but get yourself a GoPro camera. They have really worked it out as far as stabilization goes. Um, does a fantastic job, a fantastic picture. With that, make sure you have at least one spare battery. So if you want to go a single GoPro, have a spare battery, um, have a charger, make sure they're all charged up. Have your, You can have a 64 gig or a 128 gig card. Um, 64s are fine. 
Um, you won 28, perfect. If you go too big, there's always a chance that if something goes wrong on that card, you lose everything. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to go your 64 gig card and then when you're running out of room, because 64 gig's fine, you get enough film time, is to, to put that one away and then grab another one and put it in and to continue filming. So, so you got your camera, um, you've got your, your card, you've got your spare battery, you've got your charger. Um, another one's a tripod. I use a Manfrotto tripod. It cost me about 100 bucks on uh, Marketplace on Facebook. So if you need a tripod um, where no one else is there to film, you've got your tripod and it's fully adjustable. It's, it's perfect. It's smooth. It's high. You're going to get that nice sort of face level shot if you need to come up high or you can stick it on the rocks if you're rock fishing or whatever it might be um also you can have a hand grip for your camera so having a hand grip as well if you need one that floats in case your gopro does fall in the water off your boat you've got that nice hand grip there as well and that obviously between holding a camera in your hand and holding a hand grip with your gopro on it you get that much more smoother shot and you get these beautiful pans, you know, especially if you walk around in the back of an angler, you just get these beautiful pan shots. It almost looks like a drone shot. Yeah. That's where I'd probably start with the equipment. I hope I haven't missed anything. Um, <laughs> another thing, or well, another thing's a computer. Um, make sure you get a computer that is suited to editing. Um, if you're playing around with footage, or especially high-quality footage, Maybe a gaming computer, something like that, that's really, really fast and a good graphics card. So you can actually work your footage and it's nice and smooth and that the computer's not trying to keep up um, with what you're doing. Um, also an editing program online. If you want something cheap that does the job, I use PowerDirector. I've used it for years. All my editing you see, I use PowerDirector. Um, it's easy to use, it does the job. You don't need to go all fancy um, when you're doing editing. Sometimes the, the more simpler you do it, um, the more effective it is. And you can see some of my episodes, they're actually simple. They're just cut, 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 cut. There's a bit of music in there, but not too much music. You don't want to smash your videos with heaps and heaps of music. You can overdo it with music. Um, and that way, you know, if you're talking and you've got music in the background, you can actually lower the volume of the music so people can hear what you're saying if you're talking. Yeah, so yeah. that's the stuff that you need to get you started Okay. as far as all your hardware goes. That's important. Um, and, then, and then you're on your way to creating your own YouTube channel. Okay. So, so you've, got, you've got all the equipment. How do you approach... Um Obviously, you've got a story to, to tell. How do you approach your your story? Do you think about, do you just go out and have a fish and then go, all right, well, this is how we're going to do it after the fish? Or do you try and, you know, you're obviously trying to make a show now. Are you going to, you know, how do you go about making a story for your, your channel? Well, I sort of think about, you know, what's going on, what's being caught at the moment. Obviously, you've got your different seasons, like the prawns are on at the moment. So that's one thing um, I'm wanting to do. Um, I've messaged the guy, but he hasn't got back to me yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> that happens a lot, doesn't so, it? <laughs> not, yeah, not everyone's going to get back to you. Um, that's just life. Don't take it personally. They've either got busy lives or, number 
number two, they, they don't want to do it. Um, you know, people get nervous in front of cameras and they go, no, I'd prefer, I just, I'll, I'll go do this, it's easy. Um, so you've just got to approach the guys, just get to know them and say, it's okay if we, um, you know, do a bit of an episode and I'll do the talking, you don't have to worry about it if you want to yap on. And, and I, I've been on, on, on boats and talking with guys that weren't sure and they just yap and yap and yap and they give me, give me the <laughs> best content ever. They're yeah. brilliant. They love it. Yeah. Um, and I can put this smashing episode together. So, you know, you just organise it. You set a date out. You hope that it's not raining and pouring like it is now. I mean, I had a, had an episode ready to go this weekend coming um, and the skies have opened up and they haven't stopped. So, yeah. And it was with a very, very accomplished fisherman as well, so I was really looking forward to filming that episode. But guess what? It's going to be indoors uh, this weekend. So things don't work out. You always work out. You're going to get you know, a lot of challenges along the way and a lot of uh, speed bumps and, oh, yeah. and, and disappointments and the challenge of not catching fish, um, having to go out two or three times. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but um, one of my really popular episodes catching squid um we had to go out three nights and <laughs> i had to drop of an hour each way oh. to just catch a couple of squid it was it was crazy you know yeah. <laughs> these things happen nature that's it that's exactly right i uh, i didn't air it but there was an ep- there's an episode i was i was filming with um, dylan kelly and the poor fella caught several pigs there the week before and we went there the following weekend and there was not a pig in sight so the poor fellow's sitting there stressing i'm like mate you can't determine where the pig's gonna be so you know it's just one of those things it's just nature you can't you can't do anything about it so you can't if they're not around that's that's it you know <laughs> exactly. you gotta try again so there's a bit of persistence in it um you know there's guys that put lots and lots of hours out there and um sometimes you just need a break and i had a break for a, a year you know where i just didn't put anything up yeah. Um, and basically, I was lucky because my locked FG knot um, on YouTube was the second highest in the world. Wow. Um, in in the searches on FG, um, so you know it made, it still made me the money and, and got me the income every single month yeah. for that time I was off, and it, it stayed at the same income. So I've, I've got some videos on there that just keep ticking over the dollars and, you know, I might not do anything for six months and it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So, you know, um, but you got to ultimately keep putting the content in. If you put content out and you get this following, people follow you. Yeah. Um, and your subscriber rate jumps up and, um, you know, you don't have to rely on viral videos like I do. Um <laughs> To, uh, to make a few bucks and, uh, and, and help you get through the week. That, that, and, uh, you know. Yeah. So that'll lead on, lead on to the next question. How do, you, how do you go about running your social media pages and, and engagements? So you've kind of answered it there, but you, you have your Facebook page um, and in, Instagram. How do you go about keeping content for that and keeping... Because you've got 23,000 followers on your... Um, on your Facebook and quite a few on Instagram. How do you, how do you keep your, your your followers happy? Because I know it's um, very difficult. <laughs> look, I, I did a lot of research on it in the early days. Um, I really wanted to find out what what the the, the trick was. Um, basically, regular content. Um, I mean, a lot of these social media pages they run off algorithms. 
So if you let things go, <coughs> basically um, your content will show up less in people's news feeds. Mm-hmm. So if you keep things going, there's a higher chance that it will stay up in the news feeds to your existing followers and then they share it on to other followers. So creating more followers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you get yeah. that you get that bigger you get that compound almost compound interest in the bank. But once you stop putting money in, it gets eaten up by fees. So that's how it works on social media. So the trick is is posting really interesting content but not too often to to you bore their pants off now ultimately every second day is good um you don't have to do it every day um you know maybe four times a week or just hit it have one day's break and that's not going to really be detrimental at all um but if you leave it for two weeks and then you put two things up in the same day and then three days later you put another thing up and then wait another week um probably not the best idea so and I, I did study this um you know in marketing and things like that and online and chatting with other people that run pages interesting regular content um i find that 10 a.m in the morning is a good time to put it up or believe it or not you know 7 30 at night yeah when people are sort of settled down looking at their phones um, you know, I mean, my last one of my last posts that went up, it had an engagement of six hundred thousand people. Um, wow. One went, yeah, one point six thousand shares or something. It just went ballistic. Far out. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, believe it or not. Um, you know, some you'll virtually get hardly anything at all. Mm-hmm. So you're just basically looking around. Um, I get people sending me stuff um, just on my personal page. Um, you know, check this out. If it looks interesting, I'll get it up as quick as I can. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and generally it does well. So, yeah, just interesting content. Um, joining other fishing pages, um, seeing what they're posting, and it sort of gives you an idea, and you can sort of work it out yourself whether it's, um, you know, interesting enough for you to post up. It doesn't always have to be related exactly to your page. Yeah. In other words, on the same topic, like fishing, but it doesn't have to be something you've done because let's face it, you're not out every single day or the average person isn't out every single day getting photos of fish. So yeah. you need to have fillers in there. And, of course, then you can put your own stuff in when you actually do catch a fish or there's something that's significant that happens in your life. Yeah. And I basically put that across to Facebook. Um, Instagram to less of a degree. I mean, it's a more concentrated audience. Um, Instagram's a tough one to break. You can, you can either go through the roof or you can work hard and nothing happens. Um, it's not necessarily you. Sometimes you just, these things just can't be explained. Yeah, um, I, I've worked so hard on Instagram. I've got uh, 500 odd posts, I think. No, I think 500 odd posts now. And I've hashtagged every single one of them. I've gone through them all. And well, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I um, can't put it down. Yeah, like I'll make sure the pictures are pr- good quality. Um, yeah, so I, mm. I just I, sh- I shake my head. <laughs> I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. So. No, just 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 keep it regular. I mean, to be honest, I'm not that fussed about Instagram. I mean, for me, it's it's Facebook and YouTube. Um, but I thought I'd start Instagram because everyone else was doing it. But you know, um, just just keep at it and 
you never know your luck. You <laughs> might break that five or ten thousand yeah. um, followers at some stage. You just got to keep working at it. Early days. Hopefully, I get there, mate, one day. So, um, I'll I'll, I'll finish up with some some weird questions. Oh, I shouldn't say weird. Um, what's your most memorable fish? Um, I probably have to say my one of my biggest southern black brim I caught as a kid. Um, I remember literally almost almost falling off the rocks trying to pull it out of the wash. Um, <laughs> it was a monster. I mean, I can't remember exactly how big it was back then, but it have to be about forty-five yeah. um, centimeters. So you know, good brim, well over a kilo. Yeah. Um, so probably one of my first memories, and then one of my recent ones, which was of course um, featured on the YouTube channel. You guys will see it there if you check it out. Um, catching a uh, a milkfish with a with a really bad hangover. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, mate. Well, um, how do we get how do we get hold of you, and how do we watch your stuff? And can you tell us all about your yeah just before you go, Instagram, Facebook, um, and YouTube? Can you just tell us the pages and the in the instagram names it's all coast fish tv like all one word the mistake people make and i've seen them do it is they put spaces in between coast fish and tv it's all one word so coast fish tv um just google it it's right up in google hit enter bang um scroll down everything will come out i think most of us have googled ourselves just to see (laughs) If you say you haven't, you're a liar. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, that's where you can find it or just um, get onto Facebook, type in Coast Fish TV. Um, bang, there it is. Same with Instagram. Um, YouTube's probably the most entertaining one, though. That's where you can look back and, and see all those um, different episodes where I first started. You might even be able to tell, you know, the, I guess how I changed as a host. Um, you know, who knows? The confidence level change, put it that way, just a little bit. Yeah, followers help, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah pump, pumps you up. You, you need your followers. You if do. you didn't have any, well, who knows whether I would have kept going. Yeah, I, I'm pretty... You, you, I'm, need, you need your trolls as well. We, you, I love my trolls these days. Yeah. Right, Come and get me. <laughs> we, we've got plenty, um, you know, with the hunting and fishing world. So, you know, my my I've only got six, six and a half or six, eight... Um, no, 6,800 followers now on Facebook and I'm very happy for every single one of them it's, it makes me very happy so you know I know that's not much in the in the media world but to me it's it's I'm pretty chuffed with it so um, well just think about it when you had your first thousand you thought gee oh and then when you get your first five thousand ten or twenty thousand seems so far away but then exactly. as you hit each goal it's yeah. just like wow. Well, I, the first one was a thousand. I got that quite. Oh, I shouldn't say easily, but I was surprised. And then the next goal was five, and I was I was so chuffed to get three thousand. I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know three thousand people, but I, I was very happy, and it's just kept growing. Um, and we're kind of we're growing about. Uh, I think it's about a hundred a week at the moment. I'd say. Um, it's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, we do right. we do flood the market. The uh, we do flood the pages and stuff. But um, you know, we we, we try and try and uh, interview all the big anglers and like yourself and, and a couple of other hunters. So we, we we appreciate you coming on board, mate, and um, having a chat to me. 
No, I, I appreciate you um, contacting me, mate. I really do. And, um, you know, for the guys listening out there, um, you know, we all started somewhere. Uh, I, I'm not anywhere near as big as what some people think. I'm just the average angler that threw a, a camera in front of my face. But, I, you know, I rely on people who subscribe on YouTube especially. So don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button because that keeps me going. It's great seeing the numbers jump up, you know, every month. And uh, I know you're one of them. Yeah, no, I, I have watched a few of them. I have to watch some more, but I, I really, uh, you're an inspiration, just in your editing. Yeah, I, I get a buzz when I start watching your stuff because it's like, oh, I gotta be as good as that one day. So, um, really appreciate, oh, yeah, <laughs> really appreciate you, mate, coming on, and um, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Lawson, mate. Um, anytime you want to chat, you want a tip, you want a hint, I'm there. You give me a call. Thank you very much, mate. Remember, guys. Remember, follow us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Lawson White, and this is Bailing, Scaling, and Barbecue. You, BSB, baby.